When planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrandHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. Shorty, I won't ever understand my shorties be mad when all I want to do is stick my toes in the sand. There's nothing wrong with champagne, dancing and such, but the nightlife in the city don't impress me much. some trout the fishes all tremble at the thought of me when i'm and paul bunyan country the countdown to the opener continues and this time we put the spotlight on otter tail country with eric osberg it's coming up next on fish and paul bunyan country if you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors northwest technical college might be the perfect fit Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. We continue to get ready for the uh, soft water opener, or at least as we do this interview, we hope it's a soft water opener. Eric Osberg joining me from Otter Tail Country. He's the Rural Rebound Initiative Coordinator. Eric, what, the, what does that mean, first of all? Well, that's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my job is to ultimately get people to live and work here. And, and the reason it's called rural rebound initiative coordinator is there was research by a gentleman by the name of Ben Winchester. He's a research fellow at the university of Minnesota extension office. And he identified what he coined as the rural rebound younger folks, ages 30 to 49, moving back to rural places. So, you know, the, the kids grow up in rural places, then they then they go off to college or chase their dreams or move away or whatever, right? He identified a phenomenon, a naturally occurring phenomenon, where 30 to 49-year-olds, when you look at rural places, there is a net gain of that population, of that age cohort. So in order to try to take advantage of that natural phenomenon, Ottertail County created a position called the Rural Rebound Initiative Coordinator, and the talent pool was really shallow, so they got stuck with me. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, I've been I've been uh, trying to make uh, Ottertail County top of mind for folks that are looking for a place to visit or live and work. And so you have branded the area Ottertail Country. 
You have put yep. a lot of emphasis on on the many lakes you have there, which is a, a good thing to put emphasis on. It's a, certainly something that would draw people to to live and work in in a beautiful area. Yeah, and it, what's interesting is when so when Ben did this research, um, they they asked people why they moved to an area, right? Mm-hmm. And and the job was like number eight. People weren't moving places for jobs. They were moving. The top three were uh, a simpler play, pace of life, uh, affordable housing, and safety and security, or a great place to raise your kids. And so, um, outdoor rec. And then they just did another study here more recently, and outdoor recreation access to outdoor recreation opportunities was very very high on the list and so leaning into our strengths we are you know be good at who we are and we have 1048 lakes and so the the access to outdoor recreation opportunities are pretty plentiful here as much of rural minnesota goes but but uh if you're into water if you like lakes or rivers or fishing or water following i i i, I think we're up there on a on a pretty short list of places to be well you are when you think about the fact i mean we are, we call ourselves a land of ten thousand lakes we know there's actually more than that but right. based on that slogan you've got 10 percent of the uh the lakes in the entire state in your county that's right there's 50 or how many there's 87 counties in the state and 10 you know so so they have to split the other 90 percent so <laughs> um no it's and it's it's just and, and until you've spent time here you you and and I've I've I'm sure I've bored you with this before and I'm going to I'm going to say it again because it it puts it in perspective if you tried to visit a new lake once a week okay my our goal is to visit a new lake once a week it would take you 20 years yeah. to see them all if if you said okay we're going to go to a new lake once a or, or, if we're going to go to a new lake every day it would take you you know three and a half years and that's without missing a day. So there's just until you've made the drive from Purim to Pelican Rapids, and you've seen there's a lake, 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 there's a ooh, there's a big lake, there's another lake. You know what I mean? It, it, it's hard to really put it into perspective. So it's probably a good thing you like to fish. It's one. So I came here from Duluth. I lived in Duluth, and Duluth is awesome. Love Duluth. I loved Lake Superior. I was fishing Lake Superior. I was, you know, set up to fish Lake Superior. I didn't have a huge boat, but I had a big Lund Tai. And I and and this was prior to my job here. I was asked by my current as my employer at the time to move to to Wadena, Minnesota, from Duluth. And okay. I was like, mm, I don't know. And then I and I looked at a map, like an old school map, like a map book, and I saw all of the lakes just to the west of Wadena. And, you know, everybody in my life told me I couldn't make this decision based on fishing. And I'm like, well, it's a pretty big deal. I love Lake Superior, but I thought, well, if I'm going to leave Lake Superior, I at least want to be close to all these lakes. And it turns out um, Ottertail Lake is 27 minutes from my backyard. So, and, and, and there's 1,047 others to choose from. So it's, uh, it's been a good move. Well, we're going to talk about otter tail country and uh, and how uh, it's shaping up for the upcoming fishing season, and uh, you know just kind of the, the shape of the lake, so to speak. Uh, let's let's just start with the fact that uh, as we do this interview, I'm guessing the bulk of your lakes still are uh, 
are not liquid yet. The, the, you're right, and and, and the, the key word would be bulk. I, I haven't put eyes on I was going to maybe check this out today, but I, I haven't made time to. But but 10 Mile Lake, which is on the south side of Ottertail County, uh, pretty close to I-94. Uh, 10 Mile Lake, I've, I've heard Internet rumors that, that 10 Mile Lake is open. So, again, that's our southern border, um, and, and and that's a good sign. Um, I, I've been monitoring Otter Tail Lake and the, the, the other nice thing is there's flowage, right? Like the Otter Tail River flows through Little Pine and through Big Pine and into Rush and into Otter Tail Lake and, and Dead Lake. And so there's moving water and whatever you have moving water that, that can, that can speed up the, the, the ice out process. And so I was at Otter Tail Lake the other last week and I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of yards of open water where the otter Tail river flows in mm-hmm. now the wind has kind of shifted the east uh the ice sheets around um but yeah well the bulk of our lakes at this moment have ice on them but i i i'm maybe i'm a naive optimist but i i don't see there being a problem with us being fully open by opener uh, you're more of an optimist than me. I'm not for your area, for my area. I'm not. Uh, I'm not overly ex- uh, optimistic yet. You guys, you're a little further north. Yeah, and, we are. And 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 your your snowpack is. You know, there's probably a little bit more snowpack in the woods. So yeah, it might be flipping a coin up there. <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure we'll 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 be good to go come opener. When it comes to otter tail country, like I said, 1,048 lakes. Where do you start? Uh, let's start with otter tail lake. That just seems to be the biggie. Yep. And 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 it's and it's one of those big lakes, which uh, tends to have you know pretty much all the fish you like, and tends to be pretty good walleye lake. It's it's and I would even call it a walleye factory. Okay. Because there 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 is a there is a hatchery um, on on the, on the dead river between. Uh, well, it's j- just north of Walker Lake, but Walker Lake is connected to Otter Tail Lake with the de- Dead River, and the DNR has a fish hatchery there. And so th- it, it's a self-sustaining, you know, that that's a naturally reproducing population of walleyes. And, and every time I've been to the fish hatchery, and it's been a couple of years, but, but um, you're just amazed at how many walleyes are in those at nets and, 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 and how big they can be. And so... No, Ottertail Lake is a, is a is a healthy fishery. We hosted the National Walleye Tour Championship on Ottertail Lake this fall in in September. Yes. And I was I was super worried going into it. I'm like, "Well, what if these guys don't catch fish, right? Like that's not going to bode well for our for our tourism uh efforts if if the best of the world can't catch fish." And luckily the the fish turned on right as the tournament started. Pre-fishing was tough. And there was some him and hawing going on, but Eric McCoyd put on a clinic, and I can't remember what his bag ended up being, but but he was bringing in eighteen pound bags, nineteen pound bags, dare I say, twenty pound bags for five fish. And there's, it's a healthy fishery. Now some people struggle on the lake. It's it's not a slam dunk. Um, and 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 I'm not when I fish Otter Tail Lake. I fish shallow. I've I've caught more walleyes in less than ten feet of water than I have deeper than ten feet of water. Now maybe that's because I spend more time there, but especially early in the season, and and Otter Tail Lake around the edges, 
the, the first break, as we call it, I mean, it's hundreds and hundreds of yards. It's 400 yards until you get past six feet of water. We've caught, but we, what, what can be challenging is, or surprising is probably the right word. We've caught fish halfway to the first break. Like you're, you're kind of in no person's land. You're just in four, five, dare I say, three feet of water. And the walleyes are relating to something. It could be a rock pile. It could be a weeds. It could be whatever. But one of my buddies is a guide and he was catching walleyes in three feet of water in July last year. It wasn't, you know, just an early season thing. So my one piece of advice when it comes to otter tail is, is, is if you can handle it, if you can, if you can fish shallow, fish shallow. Um, and, and, and the other advice is, is, you know, obviously that, you know, a jig and a minnow is, is everybody's go-to usually. Well, two openers ago on the 20th, <clears throat> I, I wasn't on Otter Tail Lake. I was on a different lake who that'll remain nameless. Um, I was pulling crankbaits on opener. I started at midnight and I was pulling crank. I didn't start pulling crankbaits, but eventually I was like, I got to find these fish. I can't, I don't know where they are. I got to cover some water. So I tied on a crankbait and just started trolling. And I caught five or six very nice walleyes between 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. on a crankbait on opener. And that's, Counter, you know, when you think of spring or cold water, you usually think of very small, finessey, slow presentations. Right. I, I don't, I don't think you need to do that. You just need to find where they are, and and then maybe you might have to finesse down then. But the the, the key is finding them. Yeah. Um. So, is there any AIS on on otter tail? Yep. Uh, it is. It is a designated infested body of water. And so you do, you do have to be mindful. You know, there's some Otter Tail County has done a good job of, of, of being proactive when it comes to AIS and, and they've got their, their, their water, uh, their ARS inspectors and stuff at the boat landings. And there are a number of, you know, I, I don't know what the official number of, of infested waters in the county, but out of the 1,000, I think, and don't quote me on this. I know I'm saying it publicly, but it might be less than a hundred that are infested. Oh wow! Okay. And so, and you just have to use good, you know, good lake etiquette. And if if you are on, you know, if you are planning to fish multiple lakes in a weekend or during a trip or whatever it is, make sure you fish the non-infested ones first. Right. Right. So if, if you have your eye, we, you know, there's these three or four lakes that we're going to try to hit. Well, which ones are infested? Well, they all are okay. Um, you know, they do recommend letting your boat dry out when you go from from lake to lake, and obviously you got to get rid of all your water and stuff like that. But if if there is a lake, if there's a, if there's multiple lakes you want to fish, make sure you fish the non-infested ones first, so you're not bringing any of that uh, that that tainted water, if you will, to to the not from the infested to the non-infested. Countdown continues to the opener. We're taking a close look at Undertale Country. Eric Osberg, my guest, and we've got a lot more to cover next. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. 
The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu Seer and knower of all things fishing when it comes to otter tail country, my guest today, Eric Osberg. And Eric, obviously there's lakes that are good all year, but then there are other lakes, and, and I see it around here, you know, people gravitate tor- towards a few lakes early in the season because they're typically good, and then as the water warms up, uh, things change, and, and then they're moving on to other bodies of water. What are your good early season lakes in otter tail country? Well, Otter Tail Lake obviously is, is, is one that we've already talked about. Big Pine Lake is another good one. Uh, it's over by Purim, uh, fairly good sized. Uh, you've got Lake Lida, Pelican Lake, and, and then more towards the southern side of, of the town, of the county, you've got West Battle. Now, West Battle has a musky population, and so there's been some concern about the, the walleye population there, but one a couple of springs ago my boy and i were crappie fishing on west battle and there's another again there's an inlet where some water comes in and 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 we weren't finding any crappies so we we went over to this inlet to look and there were so many walleyes hanging out and while i wasn't open yet this was pre-opener there were so many walleyes hanging out in front of that inlet it made me feel like a bad fisherman again <laughs> i was like wow look at you know there's there's obviously Plenty, not plenty, but there's 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 a number of walleyes in this body of water. So, West Battle Lake again. It's it's it's. I don't want to call it a smaller version of Otter Tail, but it's got some of those those shallow flats, right, mm-hmm. where you, you can get less than ten feet of water. You can cover a lot of water with a crankbait or or a swim bait or some type of plastic. Um, it's a, it's a it's a sleeper lake and it's got a great population of largemouth bass it's got a great population of crappies it's got a great population of sunfish and that's the, you know that's the other thing is when, especially when i'm taking kids fishing and this goes for me as well i'd rather catch bass or bluegills or crappies than not catch walleyes <laughs> and so it's, and so if you're if you're struggling to find the walleyes or catch the walleyes, don't be afraid to put the walleye ride down, pick up a crappie jig or pick up a pick up a a, a bass rig or whatever it is. And and the good news is bass is open now catch and release the same time as walleye is. And so and 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 then again, don't forget about pike either, right? Like, right. Like in in this area you can keep ten pike under twenty two inches. And so if you're looking to have a fish fry as 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 a challenging as it can be to clean 10 pike under 22 inches it can be done and you can get and i don't know if you like pike but if i i would be willing to bet if prepared correctly you could put a pike and a walleye nugget next to each other fried and people would have a hard time telling them apart oh no doubt no doubt and there's been not scientific studies but i know enough enough guides have done non-scientific studies to prove that that people yeah. can't tell the difference. So yeah, that that backstrap on a on a on a northern, even on a smaller northern, a twenty inch northern. Yes, there's there's not a ton of meat on that fish, but that backstrap, that's just one big huge tenderloin. And if you can get those Y bones out of there, they're you you cube them up and fry them up. They're delicious. Yeah. 
Well, I've, I've talked to Mr. Spear a lot over in your neck of the woods. Yeah. And, you know, here's a guy that uh, does something terribly unusual, and that's be basically a full-time panfish guide. That tells yeah. you how, how many lakes and how potent your lakes are. You can make a living catching quality panfish as a guide, um, you know, all year long. That's pretty impressive. And, and, and to make it even more narrow, he's pretty much a bluegill specialist right right yeah like like it, he'll he'll stumble into crappies and he knows where those are too but and i just i love garrett to death and he's the one that taught me in garrett's boat and i don't know if this is still a thing but when i first met garrett in it you know self-regulation self-imposed slot limits so he, when we were with him he was like any fish nine inches or bigger any bluegill nine inches or bigger it's going back like there's, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> we're not going to consider it. Like if you catch a trophy bluegill, I'm sorry, but it's going back. And Garrett has been um, a great advocate for you know there are some special bluegill regs. There's some lakes where your limits are five. There's you know there's some special crappie regulations too. But really protecting because that's that's a that's a really hard resource to replace. And so you know. I've I've adopted that nine inch rule in my boat. If we catch a bluegill bigger than nine inches, it's going back, um, and it's it's hard to do. But I I was actually guiding this winter. I don't I don't guide professionally. Just another guide buddy was overbooked or whatever. He needed help, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had a family. It was a grandfather and a father and a and a and a grandson and a granddaughter. And I told them before we started. This is the rule. If we catch a nine inch or bigger, it's going back. I mean, legally, you can keep it on this body of water, but if I have anything to say about it, it's going back. And so, those kids were catching bluegills, and they caught some big ones. and And it was it was cool. Towards the end of the day, you know, they'd measure a bluegill. They'd be like, "Oh, it's nine and a half inches. We better let that one go." You know, and you know what I mean. And you could just hear them adopting that mentality of let's let's keep some of those eater fish but let's let those bigger ones go excellent uh how was hard water season in otter tail country this winter it was hard (laughs) it was so much much snow it was hard to it was hard to get around you were limited on with you know i think that i pulled my tote behind me walking more this winter than i ever have because you just couldn't like there were times where i would say i'm gonna go out on this body of water not because I think there's a good bite or because I think whatever. I just know that if I park at the access and pull my sled out there, I can get to a spot and fish. And and it was hard. Um, there were, and this isn't an official number, but there were hardly any houses on Otter Tail Lake. They, you know, it was just, it was hard to maintain. Even if you created an infrastructure of roads, it was impossible to maintain. They got blown. They got blown over every week, or snowed over every week. And so, I mean, there might have been a dozen houses on Otter Tail Lake. That's an unofficial number, but there wasn't many fish houses out there. So, um, the good news is, on many bodies of water, these fish have had the place to themselves. You know, they haven't been disturbed. They haven't been over harvested, to my knowledge. Um, this winter just because you you couldn't get out there and move around. So it was a challenge. You are just like everybody else then. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yep. It was, yeah. If, if, uh, if you got out, you were lucky. And if you got to move around, you were, you were super lucky. 
overall picture of Otter Tail Country, the 1,048 lakes, um, uh, would you say the health of the fisheries are all pretty good? Yeah, I, I would. And, and, and obviously I have a little bit of a biased opinion, but, but I, I think, you know, starting with otter tail, again, it's, it's its own naturally producing walleye fishery. Um, the, there's a super healthy sturgeon population. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about big pine, you know, there is a slot on big pine. I think it's 16 to, or 18 to 26, excuse me. I mean, the, 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 the challenge on big pine is finding fish that are small enough. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you broaden your scope of fish you're willing to target. I mean, it, it could be that you're on a good walleye lake and, and they're just not in the mood for whatever reason. So, I, 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 I again, I, I'm biased, but I, I think overall the, 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 the fish are very healthy. Um, the one thing... Last year, because of the drought, because of the water levels being so low, it got a little sketchy towards the end. Um, but the the good news is the water levels have risen. I don't know if we're where we should be or where we are historically speaking, but you can tell the you know the, the you know there's some parts of the state that have too much water right now. Um, but I, I, you know, as long as we get a normal precipitation year, I don't think there should be any issues at boat accesses or at docks getting onto lakes or accessing lakes. So I think the fisheries are healthy and healthy. And if we all do our part to, to practice selective harvesting, I think they'll, they'll remain that way. How uh, severe was the drought for you guys? I mean, did, how, how much did you notice it last year? It was terrible. Yeah. It, was, it was. So when we hosted that national walleye tour championship, uh-huh. I was, so not only was I worried about the fishing, I was worried about, can these guys get their big, huge fiberglass boats off of their trailers? There was there was one access on on Otter Tail that was unusable. Uh, there was another one that only one of the two was going to get you enough depth, and then there was another one that had two you know two concrete ramps. It, it was brutal, and and so when they came in for their weigh-ins, you know we had a dock, and the idea was the boats would just drive up. Well, they couldn't drive up to the dock, so it was me and two or three other guys, we were in the water late September in our shorts and the boats would come in and then we'd have them trim up all the way. And then we'd just by hand, we would guide them in, get them onto the dock. And then we would push the boats aside and beach them. Yeah, it was brutal. The The water was, I, I don't know if it was three, four feet low, but it mm. was low. Okay. It, was, it was not good at all. And so, um, I think we're good right now. Uh, you know, officially the drought status is, 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 not in effect um and and like i've said those the 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 running water that you see in rivers is is you know you can tell looking at a bank where that water normally would be or should be and um i i I think we're in good shape as long as mother nature gives us some warm weather so we can get rid of the ice i think uh i think we'll be good to go for the opener all right well you know We've talked about AIS certainly, and, and you've got a, uh, done a good job over there in Otter Tail Country. But besides that, anything that you see on a regular basis or semi-regular basis that concerns you anywhere in Otter Tail Country? I, I think the biggest thing is is those is those particularly the bluegills. Um, you know, it's it's I've I and I, I you you hate to question anybody's motives or tell anybody how to 
do their thing, right? But when you when you see a stringer full of big, huge panfish, it it that that concerns me a little bit. Like like these are you know some of these lakes are three four hundred acres, right? Yep. And so if they have a healthy bluegill population, um, they can get overfished pretty fast. It's not it's not a big huge community of large bluegills. There's a select few bluegills that um, are in that lake. So the biggest concern I have is just, again, practicing selective harvesting, um, treating the the resource with respect, right? Like from top to bottom, doesn't matter what fish it is, sucker, carp, uh, you know, uh, you know, and I, you know, I've been, I've been guilty of mishandling a fish or two in my day. So it's not like I'm saying I never have, but trying to, trying to teach, especially with young anglers, trying to teach that respect for the resource thing, because we don't get another shot at this. And if, and if we want, uh, we, if we want healthy fisheries, we've got to respect the water. We got to respect the land and we got to certainly respect the fish. And, and just, uh, that's, that's my biggest concern. You know, it's, it's busy around here. It's busier than that. You know, last summer was really busy. Um, I would, I would just ask that people treat the, treat the resource with respect and, and then respect each other from a patient standpoint, right? Like if it was busy around here last summer and there might be just as many boats, if not more. So when you get to that access that, especially on opening weekend, Try to turn your boat over at home before you get to the access. Make yes. sure, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to have you don't want to be that person at the landing on Saturday morning that's holding everybody up. So um, some short term advice: make sure you've gone through all your checks and, and and balances before you head to the access for opener. And as the season goes on, just uh, treat the resource with respect. The countdown to opener continues. We're talking with somebody who's pretty excited about it, Eric Osberg of Otter Tail Country. We'll continue our look at Otter Tail Country Lakes as we get ready for the opener next on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Bathe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. Eric Osberg about our tail country, my guest, as we continue the countdown to the fishing opener. And there's going to be a lot of fishing in that county with its thousand plus lakes. But Eric, I want to hear a little bit more about those sturgeon. Do you? Yeah. Well, I, you want the long version or the short version? Uh, give me the medium version. Okay, I'll give you the medium version. So the, the Minnesota DNR has been doing, has been, has a, a sturgeon reintroduction project that they've been working on for 20 years. Sturgeon used to be very prevalent in the Red River Valley watershed system, and and through dams and over harvesting and things like that, the, they they got out, they were you know they got out of the system. Mm-hmm. So the DNR has been stocking five thousand fingerling sturgeon into Otter Tail Lake for the last twenty years, and there's forty, fifty, pert near sixty inch fish in that system now, and it's not just in Otter Tail Lake again because like the movie, a river runs through it, right? So they've migrated up 
as far as Big Pine Lake, and they migrate, you know, to the to the west as well. And there is a catch and release only season here in inland Minnesota. Um, it opens June sixteenth. It's it, it's again it's a challenge to, to to isolate where exactly those sturgeon are, but uh, it's possible you can go out and you can target sturgeon, especially in or around Otter Till Lake. And it, and, and in the springtime and even all summer long, you'll be on Otter Till Lake and you'll you'll you will hear sturgeon jump a lot. I have no idea why, but they jump a lot, and so you'll be sitting there doing whatever, and all of a sudden you hear a kabooch. <laughs> And you're like, what was that? And then maybe if you're lucky, you will see it happen, right? Like you're driving along or you're sitting there and you're staring off at the sunset or sunrise or birds or whatever. And all of a sudden, kabloosh, this 40 inch fish, you know, breaches out of the water. Um, the only, the only bad news is if you're in a walleye tournament and you hook into one, at first you're really excited. You're pretty <laughs> sure you're going to win the tournament. And, and, the, and then you realize, no, that's a little too big. This is probably a sturgeon. So um, no, there's a there's a, a growing sturgeon population in Otter Till Lake and 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 again throughout the the, the Red River Basin, and um, that's thanks uh, in huge part to the DNR's restocking efforts. They they were here before us, type of deal. Mm-hmm. Right? They were here before us, and then it's our our job to to make it right again. And and um, we've actually seen them in the spring and we we have we haven't seen it yet this year but but the Ottertail River flows out of Rush Lake down to Ottertail Lake and there's a little fish bridge whatever thing it's not a dam it's just a little thing there and last year the boy and I were out there looking for suckers and there were dozens of sturgeon frolicking in that churn and we watched a few of them get over the bridge you know and they were 40 inch fish 45 inch fish it's uh it's a it's a cool sight to see it's great to hear that because, you know, obviously here, and you know, we talk to the guys up at Lake of the Woods all the time, and it's, you know, people shoot up there all the time to do uh, yeah. uh, to do sturgeon fishing. And last year, I think it was out of the Detroit Lakes office, I was talking to a guy who is uh, in the Red River uh, Valley system, you know, is is restocking him. So it's great to see it happening and, and obviously doing well down in your area. Yeah, and it, it, like I, I like I said, there is a catch and release only season. Yep. And the the way that I try to sell that is I love Rainy River. Like I went there this spring and I, I'm always going to go back to the Rainy River. But imagine sturgeon fishing in your shorts and a t-shirt rather rather than uh, in, in in your ice bibs and, and a stocking cap, right? Like it's, uh, it's just a, a different way to do it. And, and again, you don't have to be pot committed. You can say, well, we're going to try for walleyes. They're not going. Okay. Let's go maybe try for some sturgeon. They're not going, <laughs> you know, we can't find them. All right, let's go catch some pot. You know what I mean? That, yep. that, 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 that variety that, it, that, that it adds to the fishery that can make your trip that much more special. Well, I'll just tell you right now, I'm a total wuss. So I much prefer shorts and a t-shirt to, you know, 14 layers. I, 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 I agree. <laughs> but, uh, Sometimes you do what you got to do, right? Oh, yeah. Um, no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that rainy river bite for walleye and sturgeon is pretty amazing. Well, and I brought, so this year I brought my boy up there for the first time. Well, he's been up there one other time, but it was, it didn't really count. I was working, not fishing. And um, so he's 13, and I told him, you know, this is a big boy trip. This is, this, this, this might not be as much fun because of the weather. And it was 30 mile an hour winds. It was, snowing all day long and he he did really good he made it he he i actually caught more fish than 
me or the other guy in the boat. And, and about two o'clock, he said, you know, suck factor is pretty high today. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, son. This is pretty high suck factor. And so I think about three 30, we pulled the pin and, and, you know, we had, we had started, you know, six 30 in the morning. So, um, it was time to go anyways, but yeah. I thought you might appreciate the you recognize that the suck factor was high that day. I love that. That's a great stat. What's the yep. suck factor today? Right? <laughs> well, yeah, imagine your meteorologist going on. Well, the suck factor for tomorrow is going to be 22. Well, you know what? It's been up near 100 uh, around it, here it, the last few weeks, I'll tell you. It, it has been. This has been a, a, a challenging weather pattern that we've been in. I'm, I'm probably, I'm a little stir crazy, right? Like right. I love, I love catching suckers. I love going to rivers and doing that stuff. But, but I haven't, other than a trip to rainy, I haven't been in the boat in a while, and I'm starting to get cranky. So, well, hopefully soon. Let's um, before we wrap it up, and it's a little late in the season now. But let's uh, let's talk about the other new sexy fish that everybody loves in Minnesota: the burbot slash eel pout. Uh, now a game fish. Do you have many eel powders over in your neck of the woods? We don't have a, a ton of eel powders. Um, I've caught eel pout on Otter Tail Lake. I I caught an eel pout on Big Pine Lake this this winter. I, I and I don't want to change the subject, but I would add tulipy. I think oh. tulipy are the next sexy fish. You're right. I'm hearing a lot about them. Yep. We 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 do a ton of tulipy fishing here, uh, basically all winter long. Um, and we had some adventures. Like I was again, I was helping a guide buddy, and and he had a like a bachelor party, and so they came up and we chased bluegills and crappies on day one, and we're like, just for something different, let's go chase tulipies tomorrow morning. And we had 14 guys out there, and it was awesome. I think they all caught tulabees except two or three. And tulabees are, if you're into tulabees, there's a lot of tulabees in these waters around here. And they're super fun to catch. They are a completely different animal. That You're fishing them out of 60, 70 feet of water. They're chasing your bait up and down the water column, 30, 40 feet. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hoot. It's a, they're a so to your point, there are some burbot to be found, but but I think you'd have better luck if you were saying uh, tulabees for something for something different. You know, um, and I've always just thought of tulabees as a bait fish, and, except for the last two years when I've been hearing more and more about them. Smoke them. I mean, you smoke a boot and it, it'll taste pretty good. But you smoke <laughs> a, you smoke a tulabee, right? And and again, it's it's it can be a delicacy if if prepared correctly. Okay, um, and. A lot of lakes have them there, or just some. I'd say a lot. I mean, okay. it, it's not all of them. Um, you know, you're looking for lakes that have that deeper water, that sure. 60, 70, 80 feet, and that you know that doesn't mean they can't be in shallower lakes. I, as long as we're on the subject, we've been in shallow water walleye fishing with an underwater camera, and 12 feet of water, 10 feet of water, and we've seen tulabees in in 12 feet of water. Now, I wouldn't target them there, but just as an example that they can exist in places other than those deep holes. So um, Star Lake, Star Lake is, is up in northwestern part of the county over towards Pelican Rapids. And that's probably the the most well-known uh, Tulaby Lake in the area. Uh, and it's a big lake. It's 5,000 acres for somewhere between four and 5,000 acres. So it's, it's, there's plenty of good spots still available when it comes to Tulaby fishing up there. All right. 
All right, early season fishing in Otter Tail Country. Give me the top three walleye lakes. Oh, good question. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Otter Tail. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go Otter Tail, Big Pine, and and then I would probably go Lida. Okay. Um, Lida is is a, is an is an underappreciated fishery. It's got a really healthy smallmouth bass fishery, and and what what can happen is if you're smallmouth bass fishing with with stick baits or plastics you, you keep catching walleyes you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you're you're casting and cranking or casting and popping or whatever and bam hey it's walleye bam hey it's walleye but those are you know i'll i'll most likely be on otter tail lake but otter tail big pine and, and lida are from a from a walleye standpoint those are those are three good places to start where can we get information on otter tail country in the lakes in otter tail country well, it, our website is ottertaillakescountry.com, and it's it's designed uh, to cater to visitors. So it's got restaurants, it's got resorts, it's got things to do, things to see. Um, I actually did just write a blog called Finding a Fishing-Friendly Resort. Um, so we just got a new blog up on the website, and it kind of lists all the, not all the resorts, but a lot of the resorts in the area and in and, and tries to point you in the right direction, especially if you're coming for a fishing trip. You know, there's a little bit of a difference between a family fun vacation and a me and the guys going fishing vacation. Right. Um, sometimes you can meld the two. But, uh, yeah, ottertaillakescountry.com. Like I said, there's a fresh new blog about uh, finding a family, uh, excuse me, finding a fishing-friendly resort. All right. He's Eric Osberg from Otter Tail Country, Rural Rebound Initiative Coordinator over there. And, uh, Eric, have you hit all 1,048 yet? No. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, like, I've hit like 42. <laughs> I have 1,000 to go. I think, I think last year the boy and I were counting, we were at like 37. And so it's, it's, it's hard. You know, you, dry, it, you, you get into a routine, right? Mm-hmm. Like. We're going to go to this lake this time of year. We're going to go to this lake this time of year. We're going to the lake this lake. It's and it's. But if you want to be the first one on a good bite, you got to be the first one. And so, I, I maybe that should be my my lifelong goal. You know, twenty. I don't know if I have twenty years left. <laughs> right? Like if I started now, maybe if I went to a new one once a week. There you go. Years from now. So. Think positively. That's right. That's right. You, you can do this. I could try. I could. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, Eric, it's always fun having you on the show. Thanks for taking the time and getting us up to date on what's going on over in Otter Tail Country. We appreciate being on. Thank you very much. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for listening today. I do appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show. Thanks, of course, to Eric Osberg, who took the time to share today. And we got a lot more great sharing to come this week. Not too much sharing, good sharing. We're going to hear from Tony Kennedy on Red Lake. We're going to hear from Mark Bacigalupi on the Brainerd Lakes area. We're going to be at the Governor's Fishing Opener. We've got Tony Cavallivog coming in, and we've got Scott McEnthune, too. It's all coming up this week on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country! Country! Ladies, we know what we want from our birth control. But what about what's in our birth control? That's why I chose the 100% hormone-free Paragard intrauterine copper contraceptive. It's the only birth control that uses just one simple active ingredient to prevent pregnancy over 99% of the time, with no hormones and no daily routines. Paragard is a small IUD that prevents pregnancy for up to 10 years using copper. Ready to get what you want? Talk to your healthcare provider to see if Paragard could be right for you. 
Don't use if you have a pelvic infection, including PID, get infections easily, certain cancers, Wilson's disease, or a copper allergy. Pregnancy is rare but can be life-threatening and cause infertility or loss of pregnancy. Paragard may attach to or go through the uterus. Tell your healthcare provider if you miss a period, have abdominal pain, or it comes out. At first, periods may become heavier and longer with spotting in between. It won't protect against HIV or STDs. For product information or to learn more, visit Paragard.com.